We're back to haunt you. There are dark forces in that house. Wear this metal. I'm not really a saint person. Put it on! Okay! And we're bringing the magic. The show's stopping. Local phenom. Naturally gifted. Urban magic. Do not use that nickname in this house. I'm Jared Hall from Entertainment Weekly, and here's what to watch this weekend. Friday, March 4th through Sunday, March 6th. We are counting down the weekend's top five must-see picks from TV and movies. But first, your entertainment headlines. Jack Harlow is making the leap to the big screen. The hip-hop star has landed a lead role in the remake of White Men Can't Jump, the 1992 classic that featured Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson. Snipes and Harrelson starred in the film from director Ron Shelton as two streetball hustlers. In the remake, Harlow will fill Harrelson's role, which was that of a former college basketball player hustling streetballers who think he can't play. Calmatic will direct the new movie, which is based on a script by Kenya Barris and Doug Hall. Blake Griffin is among the executive producers. Grace Lone Memorial is getting a pitch-perfect new visitor. Pitch Perfect and Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist alum Skylar Aston is joining the current season of Grey's Anatomy. Aston is set to recur on season 18 as Todd Eames, who's described as, quote, charming and handsome with a gentle soul. According to his character description, he holds a Ph.D. in environmental sciences and loves a good spreadsheet. Who doesn't? In other words, don't expect this guy to be joining anyone in an operating room. Rather, someone else brings him to Grace Sloan, his sister. It seems Todd's sister is pregnant and a patient at the hospital. Aston's first episode, titled Put the Squeeze on Me, will air on March 24th. Antonia Thomas is checking back into The Good Doctor. EW has confirmed that the actress, who played Dr. Claire Brown in the ABC medical drama's first four seasons, is returning for two episodes in the fifth and current season this spring. Unfortunately, there aren't any details at the moment about what brings her back into the orbit of St. Bonaventure's finest. And the Oscars has announced its first batch of presenters. Oscar-winning A Star is Born performer Lady Gaga, the Batman star Zoe Kravitz, two-time Oscar winner Kevin Costner, fearless Oscar nominee Rosie Perez, past Oscars host Chris Rock, and reigning Best Supporting Actress winner Ye Jung-yoon will all take the stage as presenters at the upcoming ceremony. More presenters are expected to be announced in the weeks ahead, according to show producers Will Packer and Shayla Cohen, who previously tapped Wanda Sykes, Amy Schumer, and Regina Hall to host the 2022 Oscars, which will air Sunday, March 27th on ABC. For more on those stories, plus other news, reviews, interviews, and more, head on over to EW.com. All right, now don't ghost us because it's time for this weekend's picks, starting with, of course, number five, Shining Veil. Courtney Cox is returning to TV with this new horror comedy, a gender-swapped riff on The Shining that marks Cox's first series since Cougar Town. The Friends alum plays novelist Pat Phelps, who moves to a cobwebby Victorian mansion in Shining Vale, Connecticut, with her husband Terry, played by Greg Kinnear, and their two kids. Now, once they're there, Terry hopes to save their marriage after Pat's affair with a handyman, while his wife is struggling to finish her second novel, a sequel to the hit erotic romance she penned 17 years ago. But she soon finds out why they got such a good deal on the house. Pat starts hearing noises and having run-ins with the ghost of a 50s-era housewife, though no one believes her. 
So is the house really haunted or has Pat inherited her mom's mental illness? Or in other words, is she really possessed or just depressed? Here's a preview. Pat is a writer. I haven't written anything meaningful in seven years. I've been in a really dark place lately. My kids ignore me. Terry's at work. I'm hoping that being out in the country is going to help me find my muse again. If we don't get the first chapter next month, I want the advance back. No pressure. (laughs) Patricia, what are you doing in my house? Pat's seen ghosts. Not ghosts. One ghost. Good news, we're not crazy. There are dark forces in that house. Wear this metal. I'm not really a saint person. Put it on! Okay. Wonderful. Also wonderful, Cox's performance as Pat. In her review of Shining Veil, EW's Kristen Baldwin wrote, quote, Cox remains a comedy master, nailing every punchline with expert timing and easy flair. I spoke with showrunner Jeff Ostroff, who worked with Cox on Friends, about casting the actress and what she brought to Pat that wasn't on the page. On the page, the character of Pat is not a super, necessarily super likable character. You know, she cheated on her husband, and she's not a great mom. She, I I think we have more F-words than in The Wire (laughs) in this, and they all come from her life. And she's kind of like, she's a, a creative person who's got a block and like, you know, what she did, pretty selfish, and, you know, and she's maybe crazy, and, and even, like, Greg's like, why do I stay with her? It's like, because Terry loves her, and she might be mentally ill also, and she, you know, it, it's a lot about forgiveness. So once we cast Courtney, like, I thought, okay, all those problems go away. Like, she's likable. It's like, oh, Monica's in a haunted house. Like, that was a very, very elementary approach to it. People love Courtney Cox. They're going to give her a lot of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Then we cast Greg, and then she became unlikable because Greg is super likable as Terry. Mm -hmm. Like, the character of Terry is super likable. So we had these things where you couldn't really go to, like, there were close-ups of of Terry that broke your heart. Then Mm -hmm. you went to Pat, and you're like, why are you doing this to this poor guy? So, like, we had to actually look at that and, like... It was really good because it got to fill out his character more. And, yeah. and we had to, you know, understand why this character, you wanted to root for both of them. Well, you can see how well they pulled it off this Sunday when Shining Veil vale premieres with back-to-back episodes starting at 10.20 p.m. on Stars. Trivia! Yep, it is already trivia time. Very early in her career, Courtney Cox famously appeared in a music video as a woman pulled on stage to dance with what rock star? David Bowie, Sting, or Bruce Springsteen? Stick around for the answer. We are swiping right for our number four pick this weekend, Fresh. The new Hulu original movie stars Daisy Edgar-Jones as Noah, a 20-something who's down on her luck in the dating world. She's had one too many awkward dinners with one too many awful guys. But she finally meets a seemingly normal and charming bachelor named Steve, played by Sebastian Stan. They hit it off and head to his countryside villa where things take a dark turn. Noah now has to try and beat Steve at his own gory and maniacal game if she wants to survive. Here's a preview. The women in our parents' generation, they just... They were more into femininity. You know what I mean? Because hmm. I think you would just look great in a dress. Uh, but I mean, it? if you were... 
pretty much done, actually. Thank you. If it's cool, I'm just going to snag these leftovers. I don't know how you do it, Molly. Do what? Dating people. No, no. You do not need a man, okay? So don't play the games. Just be you straight out the gate. Do you live around here? Because I, I live on aisle six. That was terrible. It was kind of terrible. What's his Instagram? I want to stalk a little bit. Just have one. Say what? Yeah. Oh, no. See, that's, that's shady. Let's play a game. Tell me something you don't want me to know. I hate this. Okay. <laughs> we all our hopes of finding happiness through someone else. Yeah. Girl, you all digmatized and I haven't even seen this dude. What's going on? I'm going to tell you, but you're going to freak out. No, this isn't happening. Yeah, it's happening. No games. Know what you wanted? It's about giving. Giving yourself over to somebody. Becoming one forever. That's love. Fuck this shit. It's a straight girl's fantasy come true, right? Alan, you thought the guy who talked too much on your movie date was bad. EW's Leah Greenblatt reviewed the movie Out of Sundance and said that Stan's character, quote, feels like an amalgamation of all the handsome, dead-eyed charmers who came before him, from Scream Skeet Ulrich to Christian Bale in American Psycho, the guy with a golden smile and nothing but emptiness underneath. Catch Stan's creepy performance in Fresh, streaming now on Hulu. True crime fans, take note. Tamron Hall is hosting a new show on Court TV called Someone They Knew, which dives into various cases to explore the connections between the perpetrator and the victim. Well, when she's not making this series or hosting her daytime talk show, we wondered what she's been enjoying on TV lately. Or to put it another way, Tamron Hall, what you watching? What I'm watching? Well, currently I am obsessed with Bel Air. I believe that this is the best reboot of any show. In fact, I'm thrilled they describe it as the reimagined version of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, because to call it a reboot would be inaccurate. This reimagined Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, a.k.a. Bel-Air, is brilliant. It is thought-provoking. It is I I binged the first three episodes. I could not take my eyes off the screen. It is, um, having lived in Philadelphia for four years, and I still spend a lot of time there, I could only have imagined if something this real had been presented all those years ago. We all know that it would have been left on the floor or left in a folder or left in a file at a computer and never made. But to see it made now at this very important time and through the view and the lens of this very important and relevant family is incredible. If you haven't yet checked out Bel Air, six episodes are currently streaming on Peacock and new episodes arrive on Thursdays. And you can see Hall on Someone They Knew, premiering Sunday at 9 p.m. on Court TV. 
The Droughtlander is finally over, folks. Our number three pick for this weekend is the season six premiere of Outlander. Almost two full years after the season five finale, the beloved series is back to continue the story of Jamie, Claire, and the rest of the Fraser's Ridge crew. This season, they'll deal with new arrivals, including the brooding Christie family, whose patriarch has a thorny connection to Jamie and his days in Ardsmuir Prison, along with new threats. Well, actually, mostly the same threats, but in a more urgent way, as the American Revolution draws even closer. While Jamie struggles with his identity and loyalty to the crown, the growing strife in their community forces him and Claire to defend their home from both outsiders and the conflict within. Here's a preview. It's starting. If only they knew what was coming. be a shame if our Indian neighbors became our enemies. If you've only helped them, then I will. The tide has turned. King's counting on you, Mr. Fraser. I can't be two things at once, Claire. A rebel, a loyalist, agent for the crown and an enemy of the king. You can't live your life afraid of being who you are. Sound advice, Claire. And speaking of her, season six picks up not long after the events of the brutal season five finale, which saw Claire kidnapped and sexually assaulted before she was rescued by Jamie and his men. Here is executive producer Meryl Davis on how the new season deals with the fallout of that horrific event. That's something we talked a lot about when we approached season six, because in the books, which I adore, you know, Diana, and I don't think she'd mind me saying this, but Diana doesn't deal that much with Claire's, the aftermath of Claire's attack. And and part of it might be, and, and everyone who's gone through a trauma like this, it's just as important as everyone else's, but pretty much every character in Outlander has gone through some sort of horrific trauma, oftentimes involving rape. And, and I don't know if it felt like this was yet another character that she was dealing with that was going through this, and maybe there wasn't a different way to do it but it just felt like you know we just struggled to figure out how to tell that story without delving deeper into Claire's post-traumatic stress and and certainly Diane in the books you know I'm, I'm not trying to say she didn't deal with it but wasn't maybe as significant in the beginning as we'd hoped so you know in talking amongst ourselves and, and talking to Katrina it just felt like we wanted to do justice to her character in that way and and show her trauma and, and certainly we'll see throughout the entire season that she is haunted by the events of the end of season five. And, you know, whereas in previous seasons, you know, Claire as a doctor has always been able to compartmentalize very well. I think we'll see her starting to break down a little bit more this season. And like so many people have experienced similar traumas, it's something that never goes away. And, you know, people experience it in different ways. And I think we tried to find a unique way to show that. And I hope we did her story justice because I think I'm so proud of that story and how Katrina played it is so powerful. Um, you know, it just shows people that, you know, whoever you are, that's a trauma that does not go away, that, that stays with you and, and trying to get through it is, is really tough. Well, you can see how that process begins for Claire on the season premiere of Outlander this Sunday at 9 p.m. on Star. All right, folks, stay tuned. Our top two picks and soundbite of the week are coming up. What to Watch will be right back. Hey, everyone.
everyone. I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back to EW's What to Watch. Our soundbite of the week is a little preview of what to watch next week. But earlier this week, Netflix released the trailer for its upcoming movie, The Atom Project, which stars Ryan Reynolds as a time-traveling pilot who teams up with his younger self. One of his conversations with that younger self, played by newcomer Walker Scobell, gives us our soundbite of the week. Do you remember this? I mean, this is happening to me. It already happened to you, right? Unless it works more like a multiverse where each ripple creates an alternate time. A multiverse? My God, we watched too many movies. Well, you can watch this movie on Netflix starting next Friday. Stay tuned to What to Watch and EW.com for more on The Atom Project coming very soon. Number two. We've got some splaining to do for our number two pick, Lucy and Desi. The new documentary from Amazon Prime Video and director Amy Poehler explores the life and love of Hollywood legends Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. Told in three parts to give viewers a full and fresh take on the couple's lives, the doc features never-before-seen footage of their real lives and audio recordings that Lucy and Desi kept themselves. These clips were given to the filmmakers by the couple's daughter, Lucy Arnaz Luckinbill, who's interviewed in the film along with her brother, Desi Arnaz Jr. Here's a preview. I'd like you to meet my favorite redhead, the mother of my children, ladies and gentlemen, Lucille Ball. I wanted to get as far away as possible. My parents had these audio tapes. Hello, hello. Hi there. He said, that's Lucille Ball. And I said, oh man, that's a hunk of woman. I was madly in love with Desi. I've never felt that way about anyone before. No one wanted him to play my husband because he was Cuban and they wanted a real American couple. The only reason I Love Lucy exists is because they wanted to be together. A cubita bella. Uh, they established their own studio. That's an enormous operation. Desi Luke was responsible for some of the greatest television of the 20th century. She was fearless. You realized that women could do this too. We had no idea Desi Luke was going to become what it was. Work became our whole life. There was a cost to the success. Communist infiltration in Hollywood. A lot of witch hunting at the time. His work was harder. I worked, I worked too much. I drank, I drank too much. I couldn't live that way. She didn't want to play. After all, there's no business like show business. You may quote me. <laughs> Stars including Norman Lear, Carol Burnett, and Bette Midler are also interviewed in the doc, telling how Lucy and Desi left their mark on television and opened doors for many others after them. You can watch the epic love story unfold in Lucy and Desi, streaming now on Amazon Prime Video. 
Our number one pick this weekend is sure to be a buzzer beater. It's Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty. HBO's new 10-episode series from executive producer Adam McKay chronicles the lives on and off the court of the iconic 80s Showtime-era Los Angeles Lakers. The team set the standard for pro athletes at the time, with Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, played by Quincy Isaiah and Solomon Hughes, at the helm. Lakers owner Jerry Buss, played by John C. Riley, made it a priority for the games to be more entertaining by hiring a live band to play for home games and dancers instead of cheerleaders. But competitive players and heated rivalries could get the best of the team in the end. Here is a preview. I don't care who you are. If you're a human being with two eyes and a heart, this game, this industry makes you feel good. What industry? Sweat socks? No! Show business! Hey, Dr. Bus. I'm going to buy the Lakers. Ah, no kidding. Welcome to sunny Los Angeles. Great for tans. Tell them to win the championship one of these days. Shit for fans. We are trading in an empire of real estate for what? The entire league is on the verge of bankruptcy. Shut up, Frank. <laughs> I want to work for you. All right, let's have an interview. Summer draft. Right, the Lakers get top pick. Right, so who do I pick? It's easy. The show-stopping, local phenom, naturally gifted, urban magic. Do not use that nickname in this house. Mama, she say magic the devil's work. Devil can't hoop like me, though. Do they even have churches in Los Angeles? The Los Angeles Lakers select Magic Johnson. Us together, Magic and Kareem. Oh, uh, Kareem and Magic. Every team's got fans. We'll have celebrities. Our girls, they won't cheer. They'll dance. You think I'm going to get out there? You think it's going to change you? I want to build something special. A real dynasty. Far out, man. Well, it is time to work some magic and play ball. Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty premieres this Sunday, 9 o'clock on HBO. It will also be streaming on HBO Max. And finally this weekend, the answer to our trivia question. Very early in her career, Courtney Cox famously appeared in a music video, dancing on stage with what rock star? David Bowie, Sting, or Bruce Springsteen? Well, luckily, despite the song's title, she was not dancing in the dark. The answer is Bruce Springsteen. Director Brian De Palma cast Cox in the video, which was one of her very first on-screen roles. Cox has claimed that she was one of several girls Springsteen could have picked to dance with, and that she was secretly hoping not to be picked. That's our show for this weekend. We'll have more news and must-see picks for you on Monday, so be sure to follow or subscribe to What to Watch so you don't miss our daily recommendations, more of which can be found at EW.com. I'm Senior TV Editor Jared Hall. You can find us on Twitter at EW and at Jared Hall. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great weekend. What to Watch. What to Watch is written by Tyler Aquilina and Callie Shep. Edited and produced by Joshua Heller. Hosted and produced by Jared Hall. And executive produced by Chanel Johnson.